Father, we do pray for the teaching ministry of your Holy Spirit. Would you speak through me? Would you give us all a spirit of revelation, understanding, a spirit of ability to to not just understand, but to receive your word into our hearts and change our lives. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There's an interesting company in Australia, and the name of the company is Search Factory. And what they do is they try to determine uh, what kind of searches are being made on Google. And so they'll do something what they call exact match targeting, and they'll just submit a certain type of search and see how many people are making that kind of unusual search. Well, they submitted the search, How to Get Away with Murder. And there were 1,900 monthly searches. Then they tried the search, How to Hide a Dead Body. And there were 1,000 searches a month. We live in a world that's really out of control when it comes to anger and violence. In fact, some FBI statistics. In America today, there's one violent crime every 24 seconds. There's an aggravated assault every 48 seconds. And there's a murder every 23 minutes. In fact, among young men in America, murder is the number two cause of death. Among young women... It's number one. In fact, according to Prism Magazine, domestic violence is the number one cause of emergency room visits for women. So we live in this world that there is so much anger and violence. In fact, there was a news documentary on anger some years ago, and they said that 1,500 people are injured and killed every year simply from conflict that arises out of traffic. Just people in their cars that have gotten so angry that 1,500 people have been killed or injured a year. So we have this amazing environment of anger and insult and violence. In fact, anger plays a major role in almost every divorce that happens in our country. Most of you know about 50% of marriages end in divorce. And mismanaged anger is a major factor in almost all of them. And even in marriages where there's not a legal separation or divorce, very often these marriages end up emotionally separated because of mismanaged anger. Parents who don't learn how to manage their anger wound their children deeply. And oftentimes those children grow up to really repeat the same pattern with their children. Some of you in this room and some of you online possibly have lost jobs because of mismanaged anger. Some of you have lost friends because of anger. Some of you are estranged from family members because of Somehow anger played a role in that separation. And some of you are so aware of the difficulty of anger. Some of you know you got an anger problem. You know you just blow up. You know it and everybody that's around you knows it. But some of you don't really blow up. Some of you handle it, you mismanage it, but in a different way of mismanaging it. You just get angry and you withdraw emotionally from others. You, in your anger, 
and you get mad at them, you withhold only affection or you just withhold your presence from them. And in the secrets of your heart, sometimes you're thinking, I just really wish they were dead. Some of you resort to sarcasm and insult, got all kinds of loaded words that you use. Some of you are passive aggressive. You have a way of getting jabs in at people that you can't, you don't really have to own that it came from you. So is there a way for us to be able to better control our anger? And the answer is yes. And we're going to see that primarily from the book of Proverbs this morning. But before we actually jump into Proverbs, I do need to address one myth about anger. One, of the, one myth about anger that many people uh, hold strongly to is that, that they are not responsible for their anger. It is due to external events or other people. It's their fault. And they don't really own responsibility for their anger, but it's not true. What is it or who is it that makes you mad? The answer is you make you mad. In fact, I really want to drive this home so we understand that we have to own this. Just to make sure everyone understands this, I'm going to ask everyone to say together the words, I make me so mad. <laughs> so on three, one, two, three, I make me so mad. Okay, so if this week you get into a heated argument with somebody and the emotion's really boiling up and you're getting angry, and I want you just to remember this statement. So as you're getting angry in that argument and you point your finger at them, this finger, you point the finger at them and you say, hey, say it, I make me so mad. Okay, seriously though, we need to own responsibility for our anger. So let's talk about how to deal with anger. And I notice I didn't say how to eliminate anger because that emotion can still pop up. The question is how do I handle it? How do I handle the emotion when it does arise? Let's jump into the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32 will be our first one. It says, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who captures a city. Notice it doesn't say he who eliminates anger is better than the mighty, but he who is slow to anger, knowing that emotion can pop up in any of us at different times, he who is slow to anger, he who can rule that emotion, is better than the mighty. So the man or woman who has learned to rule the emotion by learning how to be slow to anger is better than the mighty. Thomas Jefferson used to say, when angry, count to a hundred. Mark Twain said, when angry, count to 10, then cuss. <laughs> We're not really recommending that one. But slowness to anger is the key. It is key. Pause before you talk in your anger. Think and pause and be slow to speak or to act. Now, at this point, somebody might say, but I can't control it. You don't understand. I'm just a hot-blooded person. I can't control it. And I'd say, yes, you can, and I can prove it. You know, so we've all seen it where someone's in a heated argument. Oh, yeah, this and that and this and that. And the phone rings. You go, hello. <laughs> See, you can control it. We all can control it. Another next proverb, Proverbs 19.11. A man's discretion makes him slow to anger. And it is his glory 
to his glory to overlook a transgression. Here again, the key word is slow. Slow to anger. In fact, the New Testament repeats this same principle here. James 1, 19 and 20 says, Let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Why? For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. See, if you're not slow to anger, you're, not, you're likely to sin in your anger. That's the point. The anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. You're likely going to sin in your anger. So slow down before you speak. Slow down before you act. Will Rogers said, people who fly into rage seldom make a good landing. Next Proverbs, Proverbs 14, 17, a quick-tempered man acts foolishly. A man of evil devices is hated. So here the opposite of being slow to anger is being quick-tempered. And here we see that a quick-tempered man, how does he act? He acts foolishly. He acts foolishly and nobody likes him. So how do other people see the person, you know, who's acting foolishly? They, you know, see the person who acts in anger, they see him acting foolishly. Nobody likes him. Interesting article in the International Herald Tribune of Bellevue, Washington. Police chief Killam reported that this irate motorist became so angry when his vehicle got stuck in just six inches of snow that he got out, opened up his trunk, took out the tire iron, and broke all of the windows in his own car. Then he took out a pistol and shot all four tires. He changed the clip and unloaded the gun in the car. So police chief Killam went on to say he killed it. It is a case of autocide. That's what it said. But Killam, police chief Killam went on to say, but he was sober and rational, just very perturbed. I'm thinking, yeah. Have you ever done something that you, you know, in your anger that you really were so embarrassed about later? How foolish it really was what you did or what you said. I grew up, uh, I had a bad temper growing up. I learned it from my father. My father was a, had a very bad temper. And so I, I learned that growing up. I had a bad temper. I didn't become a, college, I didn't become a Christian until I was in college. And I was committed to figuring out how to control this before I get married. I didn't want to carry this in to my marriage. And so starting when I started dating Tracy, she never saw me lose my temper. She never saw it while we were engaged. She never saw it until our wedding day. Oh. <laughs> Let me tell you this story because on our wedding day, I knew I had some, some friends that were going to demolish my car. I had this old beat-up Buick, and I knew they were going to demolish it, but we hid Tracy's car in the, house, in the rental house that we were going to move, move into, into the, in the garage. And so my best man was going to take care of the car later, so I didn't worry about my car. But uh, as we left the church after the reception, I was pretty much a T-shirt, blue jean guy before that. Tracy had me wearing an outfit she got for me to leave the church in, which included matching tie and pants and everything. So I'm leaving on like a 108-degree day to my car, which does not have working air conditioning. So it's like 130 inside the car. Again, I've got a tie and a long sleeve shirt and the outfit she bought me. You know. 
And so I just knew they were going to demolish it. So we're headed to the car. And remember, the air conditioner doesn't work. I already pointed that out. And also the windshield wiper you know, spray thing doesn't work. So we're headed to the car. And they're just, all my buddies are throwing rice. We get to the car. They already put rocks in the hubcaps. And they painted it over. They, put, they, they sprayed shaving cream on all of the windows so you couldn't see out. And then inside the car, they had filled up balloons into the entire car. You couldn't get in because it was filled with balloons. And then he put Vaseline on, my, on the actual steering wheel and on my seat. Okay, so we open it up. And again, it's 108. And open up. Here's a 130-degree car. And I'm like trying to get the balloons out. I'm trying to get Tracy on the other side. And then I slide in. And I reached up for the steering wheel, and it's all got Vaseline dripping. And it's 130. There's no AC. I'm thinking, it's okay, 10 minutes. We just got to get 10 minutes. And now I'm getting kind of hot, trying to stay under control. And we pull out, clank, 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 the rocks in, in the bunk, inside the uh, hubcaps. And, and all of a sudden, I'm thinking, okay, I just put the wiper on. And, oh, and here it goes. Now it spreads it even, evenly. There's no sprayer. I'm like, oh, great. So I got to roll the window down to drive. And so as I get ready to put my head out so I can drive, the shaving cream comes around, the wind hits, and hits me right here. It was just perfect. Now, Tracy's trying not to laugh. She's like. <clears throat> so now I'm hot and I'm sweaty and the tie's coming down. And I got my eyes burning with shaving cream and I'm driving with my head out the window. So again, I'm, I'm trying to keep it cool. I finally get to that house and leave the car and I'm going to get the other car out of the garage so we can go on our honeymoon. And as I turned the corner, I'd already loaded some stuff into the garage, and I had this broken chair that I was going to throw away later. But I went around the corner thinking Tracy couldn't see me, and I was going to vent my anger. So I got that broken chair, and I, and I smashed it. And I turned around, Tracy's looking right at me. And she's thinking, what did I just marry? Well, I do report to you that if it would be 40 years this summer that we've been married, and she hadn't seen my temper like that ever since, so praise God for that. But I want to tell you what I learned after that to make sure she didn't ever see that. So let's keep going through Proverbs. Proverbs 14, 29. He who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is quick-tempered exalts folly. Again, anger is one, the word anger is one letter short of danger. That's a good reminder because it, is, it can cause a great amount of damage, not only to our own lives, but to the lives of those around us. It can cause relational problems, loss of marriage, loss of family, loss of friends. Anger can cause major, all kinds of major life problems, loss of jobs, lawsuits, damage to property, damage to others. It can even lead to murder, as we've already seen. Anger can cause emotional problems. If you're an angry person, it can affect you at every level. Emotionally, it can cause physical problems, high blood pressure, heart disease, headaches, stomach problems, ulcers, colitis, insomnia. All those things have been linked to unresolved anger. So how do we handle anger? Anger is so important that we understand a few things. First of all, understand what triggers it. Three things primarily trigger anger. Those three things are hurt, Frustration and fear. Hurt, frustration, and fear. Hurt, you can feel rejected, betrayed, unappreciated, unloved, treated unfairly, and you can, that can cause you to respond with anger. Also, you can run into un, 
unmet expectations, things that are out of your control, and then be so frustrated you're angry. How many of you have ever gotten angry stuck in a traffic jam? You know, you're, it's out of your control. You are going to be late, and you can't do anything about it, and that frustration can cause you to be angry. Another thing that can cause uh, triggers anger is fear. Anytime you're startled or threatened, you may feel some anger emotion rising up. The physical response of anger is similar to the physical response of fear. That's why when someone startles you and goes, boo, ah, you can feel, you can start a little bit angry. And so those, kind, those, are, those are triggers to this anger. So how do we solve it? How do we become slow to anger? Now, I'm about to go through several things that we need to remember to be slow to anger, but I need to answer one more question, and that is someone will come up to me and say, but what about righteous anger, Gary? What about righteous anger? Well, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says, Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity to give the devil a foothold or a place. So anger is apparently not always sinful because here it says, in your anger, do not sin. So there is such a thing as righteous anger. True, Jesus actually had righteous anger. Jesus never sinned, but we see times that he was angry. We see him angry when the Pharisees attacked him for healing on the Sabbath. We see that he got pretty put out with his disciples and when they tried to keep the children from coming to him. And we really see his anger when he cleans out the temple. So apparently, you can, it's possible to have righteous anger if you are angry about the right things in the right manner. Anger that is righteous is it's righteous when it does good rather than harm. In fact, it's a good thing to remember. It's a good thing to pray, Lord, let me be angry about the things you're angry about. So we, it is possible, but most of us admit that most of our anger is not righteous anger. And so how do we become people who are slow to anger? Proverbs twenty nine twenty two says, An angry man stirs up strife. And a hot-tempered man abounds in transgression. Again, being hot-tempered, the opposite of being slow to anger. That person is going to abound in transgression. There's going to be a lot of sinning going on. Proverbs 29, 11, a fool always loses his temper, but a wise man holds it back. A wise man or a wise woman has learned how to be slow to anger, how to hold it back. So how do we do that? I want to give you... A few key points that will help you become slow to anger. And then I'm going to give you the thing that helped me the most at the end. All right, the first thing that will help us become slow to anger is to ask God for help. Slow down enough to pray. So you're angry, you feel the emotion, ask God to help you. First, not, first John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So we can't fix this problem on our own. We need God's help. So, so ask for God's help. Confess your sin to God. And in fact, if, it's, if anger is being triggered by hurt, then go ahead and ask God to heal your hurt. If your anger is being triggered by frustration, go ahead and give your frustrations to God. Cast all your cares upon him. He cares for you. Talk to God about it. 
You know, if your anger is caused by fear, trust God. So talk to God. That's the first thing. Slow down enough to pray. The second thing is think it through. Slow down enough to think. Slow down enough to think. Proverbs 17, 27 says, He who restrains his words has knowledge. And he who has a cool spirit, a man of understanding. That's a person who has slowed down enough to think. Think about what's going on. Think about what's triggering it, what's making you angry. Slow down enough to think about it. All right, number three, consider the consequences. Slow down enough to consider the consequences. If you act in this anger, what is going to be the consequence of this? Again, book of Ephesians chapter 4, 26 and 27. Do not let the sun go down upon your anger. Neither give the devil a foothold, a place, an opportunity. Don't let the devil in because you're not, because you are <clears throat> mismanaging your anger. There's an old Latin proverb based on this verse that says, He who goes angry to bed has a devil for a bedfellow. So don't let the devil in. If you've got unman- this mismanaged, mismanaged anger in your marriage, you're letting the devil in. The devil means one who separates. Get him out by forgiving each other and by becoming slow to anger. Slow down and consider the consequences. Do I really want the devil? Do I want to give him a place in my house, in my life, in my family? No, I don't want to give him a place. So slow down enough to consider the consequences. All right, number four. Slow down enough to overlook and forgive. Slow down enough to overlook it, to forgive it. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. In Christ God forgave you. So just because, by the way, just because you got it off your chest, I got that off my chest. Well, it might still be in your heart. You can get it off your chest and still have it in your heart. So forgive Slow down enough to forgive. Slow down enough to overlook. One of the things that I do when I slow down when someone hurts me is I remember one little statement I heard many, many years ago. Hurting people hurt people. And I think that person's hurting. I've slowed down enough to go ahead and overlook. I'm going to overlook that whole thing because they're just speaking out of their hurt. So slow down enough to do that. And number five, <clears throat> slow down enough to lean into the spirit. What do I mean by that? The Holy Spirit lives in every believer. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 says, if you don't have the spirit of Christ, you don't belong to Christ. So the Holy Spirit lives in every believer. So slow down enough to lean into his presence and lean into his power. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Slow down enough to lean into that to lean into him, to lean into his love. It's hard to be lashing out in anger when you're leaning into his love. Lean into his joy. It's hard to mismanage your anger when you're leaning into joy. Lean into his peace. It's hard to be, you know, have a temper tantrum when you're leaning into his peace. Lean into him. Lean into his kindness, into his goodness, into his gentleness, into his self-control. So the fruit of the Spirit will counteract anger in your life. So learn to just slow down enough to lean into him. Lean into him. He's with you. 
Yield yourself into him. So those things are all helpful. Again, slow is the key, being slow. Proverbs 15, 18. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but the slow to anger calms a dispute. The key word is slow. Have you ever just, like, fired off an email in your anger, and then you're, like, trying to grab it in cyberspace? No. <laughs> it's too late. It's gone. You wish you would have been slower on that. Or you ever posted something on social media and think, oh, man. It's already been read by so many people. You want to take it back. Be slow to anger. Slow. Pray. Think it through. And all these things we talked about. Now, I want to end by telling you the thing that's helped me the most. The thing that's helped me the most is what the one who personifies wisdom himself, Jesus, said. In one statement. Luke 9, verse 23. If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Die to yourself daily. Taking up your cross if anyone in the first century carrying a cross was going to be crucified, Jesus uses that picture, take up your cross, is to die to self daily. Die to yourself daily. See, the biggest reason I struggle with anger in my life has been because I felt like I had my rights violated. What rights? Rights not to be cut off in traffic. Rights not to be betrayed. Rights, not, rights to be treated not to be treated disrespectfully, rights for things not to go wrong. I had my rights somehow violated. But here's the truth. The truth is a dead man has no rights. So if I die to myself, I'm a dead man to myself and live on for Christ. So what right do I think just got violated that I'm angry about? I'll think about that. I slow down enough to think about that and then remind myself, but a dead man has no rights. So what are you being angry for? You gave up all those rights. You died to yourself to follow Christ. So why are you angry? What right is it you think God violated? Think about it. Slow down enough to think about why am I angry? Usually there's some right you think you had that should not have been violated. And I think about that, and then I remind myself that a dead man has no rights. I want to invite the worship team to come back up. And as they're coming up, I just think a lot of times when someone's angry, it's, it's like they want to savor that they, they savor the moment. It's like a it's like the, a feast that they're smacking their lips over this idea of what they want to say to that person, what they want to do. And they're savoring it like a feast yet to come. They savor their pain. They savor the pain they want to inflict. They're saving this as like a meal, and they like it. They're looking forward to it, not realizing that the skeleton that they're, about, that they're feasting is themselves. You eat, you are feasting on yourself. You are destroying yourself in your anger. So let it go.
So if you die to yourself, Jesus says to do it daily. You say, well, I did it when I was 12. I did it at 16. I did it at 29, whatever. How about today? Die to yourself today and surrender. Surrender your rights. And I guarantee you, do that every day, and your anger problem is solved. Because a dead man, a dead woman has no rights. Let's stand together. There's a song that we sing around here sometimes called I Surrender. And let's just all sing it fresh today. Surrender fresh today to Christ. Die to yourself and give your life to him. Here I am down on my knees
Lord, we just, we surrender to you. We die to ourselves that we might live on for you. And Lord, we just pray that this week, Lord, you would just lead us by your spirit, reminding us that a dead man or a dead woman has no rights. We have relinquished those. And we follow you now. Lord, I pray that you would bring healing, Lord, to those relationships that have been so hurt because of mismanaged anger. Would you release healing even now by your spirit to marriages that are scarred and wounded? Would you release healing, Lord, even now? For family relationships, release healing even now, oh, Lord. For friendships that need to be, that need mending, would you release healing now in Jesus' name? Lord, we pray that this week we find ourselves being those who are slow to anger. Pray this in Jesus' name.